morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mario, also known as the Node Defender, joining us. Andrew, aka the Cashflow King, is here. And we may have Johnny Crypto later in the episode, but either way, sending love to my friend out there. I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how we got some brand new updates out of DC Fintech Week, as Brad Garlinghouse was not only talking about regulation, but the solutions that Ripple's providing to the market today. As the largest financial firms on the planet are in the process of turning digital, we discuss how institutions around the world are beginning to leverage crypto technology. And as some of the most famous firms on the planet are getting excited about crypto technology, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, we got a bunch of exciting news, but I like the Brad Garlinghouse video we're going to provide. Also, the title of today's video is U.S. Availability Confirmed. We have a video breaking that down as Ripple payments are now available in the USA. But before we talk about any of that, how you feel, Mario? And thank you for being here. Hey, Abs. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to the chat. Good morning to future listeners, to Andrew, to you as well. I am feeling great, man. It's it's been It's been a really interesting day. The market's taking a turn that Honestly, I personally wasn't expecting. I think that uh, for me personally, I didn't think that we were going to heat up to the upside so quickly, uh, which obviously it's good. But you know what happens when stuff goes up too fast. But we'll discuss it during the episode. Absolutely, Mario. And this is just a little reference today. We got Gala up 11%, Bitcoin up 5%. I also saw, Andrew, Ethereum is above 2000 and Bitcoin is above 37K. So Mario's right. Some exciting price action. How are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody here from the Netherlands, 5 p.m. here, 5.12. And uh, yeah, it's an excellent day here, already getting a little bit dark. You know what I like the most? We get some excitement in the crypto market back again. We see, we see volatility. I, I, I took some trades with, uh, with, uh, with XRP, you know, in, 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 uh, in June, in July, when the big spike was there. I sold a bunch of XRP. Then on the way down, I bought, uh, I bought in again. And yesterday I sold again, made a nice profit. And you know, that's what I do all the time over and over again. And that's what I teach. So I would say, uh, check out Andrew Cashflow below in the, in the comments. And if you also want to learn that, uh, be my guest and I will teach you how to make profits over and over again. And especially in this uh, volatile markets, there is opportunity more than enough volatility creates opportunity as they say andrew and crypto market is the place to find that volatility guys we got 227 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the good morning crypto twitter account that is at 3tgm crypto on twitter go smash that follow button if you're looking for updates all throughout the day when we check out some of the daily movers this morning we've got gala up nine percent solana up six percent ethereum up about seven percent and guys we are above two thousand dollars on ethereum that's definitely bull market territory we also got bitcoin up about four percent when we check out the total coin market cap this morning we are sitting at 1.4 trillion in total market cap bitcoin is 52 percent dominance ethereum is about 17 percent We've got Bitcoin sitting at 36,800, Ethereum $2,028. We've got XRP a little bit bearish sitting at 69 cents. Solana is 46 and Cardano 
sitting at 38 cents this morning. And guys, anybody who didn't get to catch the episode yesterday, we had a fantastic interview with our friend Mark Yusko. And this was a clip I think everyone should be aware of. Mark talks about how we're on the precipice of moving from a, a trust system into a truth system. And in some ways, he's coming around drastically on his opinion for XRP, even going as far as stating that the XRPL could replace SWIFT. Here we go. Of the digitization, like replacing SWIFT with the XRP ledger, I can get behind that. I mean, I can get behind so Andrew, it's always exciting to see a friend change his mind. But before we get into some more serious content, we're going to break down some Brad Garlinghouse clips. But what do you think about a guy like Mark Yusko? Very pro Bitcoin, pro Ethereum, long-term maximalist. But what he's saying here is real utilities coming into the market and the XRPL provides transparency over trust. What's your takeaway, Andrew? <laughs> what you see is adoption is coming. Adoption is coming over and over. And what we already said, you know, XRP is not only for international payments. It has much more potential. And that's what we also heard Brett Garlinghout saying. He said, you know, this is our first application on-demand uh, liquidity for, yeah, uh, for, 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 for bank transfers. But there is so much more to do. And that's what also Mark, I think, is, uh, is pointing to. Uh, there, is, there is so much potential. And yeah, it's, uh, it's great. You were mute. Thank you, Andrew. Rookie mistakes this morning, guys. But we got 295 live listeners already joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Amario, on a more serious note, Mark Yosko talked about his stance on Bitcoin. This is going to be the fundamental layer for finance. That's what he talks about. But even he's admitting in this clip, the XRPL provides real utility. And I come back to the statement he made yesterday. It's about transparency over trust. Even Bitcoin maximalists can get behind that. So what do you take away from this clip? And we'll dive into some more relevant content. Yeah, look, I think that Yusko, Yusko is starting to warm up, not just to XRP, but to a, a lot of the rest of crypto. I, I believe that, um, you know, a few years ago, we had the people that were very pro-Bitcoin. Um, then we had some people that were very pro-Bitcoin and Ethereum and against pretty much everything else. A lot of those people are, a lot of those people are starting to transition. And, and I see that because of the way and i think that it's because of the way that the crypto market is kind of coming together to fight this battle and as mark even uh emphasized yesterday he had already said it on the show we're in the fight stage and how are we going to win this war we're going to win this war by everyone getting together uh, a few years ago when the sec decided to go after ripple not many people saw that as an attack on the entire crypto space they were happy that ripple was was being sued a few years down the line the SEC starts going after other companies. Now it's like, oh, wow, looks like they're trying to attack the entire industry. So I think that there's a, a, a shift happening. And obviously, there's still a lot of maxis that that haven't really opened their their minds to other to to the other cryptos. But I think there's a little bit of a shift happening. And the fact that um, Mark was even considering, you know, th those are those were very big advancements. We, we never, we would never have gotten that out of Mark a year ago, but it was, it was uh, interesting to hear. It's a great statement, Mario. And I think it summarizes how quickly things can change in this market. We're going to see a media campaign like we've never seen before for crypto starting in 2024. And these are a couple examples of real utility entering the market. Two massive announcements came out of Ripple Swell event yesterday. Number one, Ripple launches new payment corridors into Africa as Ripple's blockchain solution, which is used for fast and cheap cross-border payments, is now going to be available in 27 African countries, including the Gulf Corporation Council, the United Kingdom, 
and Australia. These are massive markets that Ripple is tackling. And like Mario just outlined, once we get one or two banks adopting this technology, all of the others are operating at a disadvantage. So that's the incentive for them to start using this stuff. Ripple announced a strategic partnership with fintech company Onafric, formerly known as MFS Africa, that will facilitate cross-border payments between digital assets in Africa and several new markets. Apple, uh, Africa and Ripple are, are combining to cover nearly 90% of currency markets, and this includes 500 million registered users located within these African regions. Andrew, this is a primary example of why XRP, we hold it as a store of value. We know the long-term utility, but current use cases are entering the market as we speak. And I think it's headlines like these that are going to dominate the market over the next 12 months. What do you take away from uh, Ripple's product being available in 27 new African countries, totaling nearly half a billion users? Yeah, you know, this is fantastic. Um, what you see first, and I think banks that are adopting this in a very early stage, they are they really have an advantage because for a network, you need at least two parties, a sender and a receiver. And, and if, if you see that they now focus a little bit on, on Africa, I'm also very happy that it happens in Africa. And I think there is a major demand also in Africa. Because why? The other day I saw a diagram of all the banked people and the unbanked people in the world. Guess where are the most unbanked people in Africa? You know, and if we are able to, to start with XRP, and you know, and most people, at least in uh, because uh, implementing a mobile network in Africa is easy instead of what we here have, at least in the Netherlands, we have a lo lot of uh, wires. But so rolling out a mobile network is easy. What do you have with the mobile network? You have a mobile phone. What can you add on a mobile phone? A wallet. And then you can interact with those banks. So we can get the, the, the unbanked bank, but also in, inter uh, or outside banks, you can pay for your suppliers with for may, maybe only small goods can be paid and you get people banked. And that's why I'm so happy that it happens. And the major banks always, yeah, they, they, they'll just let those people yeah, I would say almost die, you know, and they need it so much. But yeah, no, they, they can't make enough money. And now you see an easy way and a cheap way how we can get also these people on board. And I think it's a really uh, uh, yeah, major achievement for uh, for humankind to also to get these people yeah, starting to, uh, to, to get uh, at least banked. And they also gave an update on their Ripple payment system, Andrew and Mario. I want to get your comments on this. So Ripple obviously evolved their ODL system into what they're now calling Ripple Payments. And we're going to talk about how this product is now available in the USA. We got confirmed video yesterday. But here are a couple of the updates that they gave on the product. And then I want to kick it to you for some comments. Expanded access of a global payment network. Ripple Payments supports over 70 crypto and traditional payout markets. They also discussed regulatory compliance here as Ripple Payments has more than 30 licenses in various regulatory regions. That includes an MAS major payments institution in Singapore and a money transfers license inside the United States. Yes, Ripple has a money transfers license inside the United States. They also have lightning fast onboarding and go-to market capabilities with the integration of the XRP's ledger's native exchange, the XRPL DEX. It will improve product performance and lower barriers for entrance into new markets. Andrew, that's what you talked about, banking the unbanked. 
This also allows users to provide 24-7 on-demand liquidity, and Ripple Payments optimizes user experience in the currency of their choice. And guys, we need, we got nearly 400 listeners here. If you're excited about Ripple's on-demand liquidity product, throw a one in the live chat. If you think this news is overblown, throw a two in the live chat. But Mario, you give me your thoughts and we'll move on. Yeah, I think that I think that we we are moving in the direction that a lot of people in the XRP, especially in the XRP space, have been speculating for many years. And obviously that's that's very positive. I think that for as long as Ripple continues to uh create these corridors, create these partnerships. It's going to it's going to push the industry in that direction for as long as they continue to have that influence as well. I believe that there's going to be competition, but that competition is going to be healthy. And to touch on what Andrew was saying as far as a mobile phone, I think that that reason alone is, uh, I think that for that alone, we're going to see a decoupling of the internet, that growth at the internet adoption the chart that you show all the time. I think we're going to see a decoupling from crypto and the internet adoption just because of the fact that so many people have access to the internet now versus how many people had even access to a computer. In order to get to the internet, you needed to have a computer. Now, in order to get a wallet, you need to have a phone. And just so many people around the world have a mobile phone in their pocket. They have the internet. It's way more accessible. And and I think we're going to see a decoupling and it, it could speed up the adoption once these things start being put in the hands of people. And that's very similar to what Mark said on the program yesterday. He said, we're entering an S-curve right now that's about to be 10 years long. And for anyone who doesn't know what an S-curve is, just Google it. It really speaks for itself. But this is some news I wanted to break down before we show the video of Brad Garlinghouse yesterday. As HSBC and a Ripple-backed Medico plan to launch tokenized custody service starting in next year, this is going to be a new institutional custody service slated to launch in early 2024. Major banking institution HSBC announced today a partnership with Medico, a tech firm that's owned by Ripple, to tokenize and introduce institutional custody platform for tokenized securities. HSBC currently has $9.1 trillion in assets under custody and aims to launch this new service in the beginning of 2024. In sync with its existing digital asset issuance program, HSBC Oron, as well as a recently introduced gold tokenization solution. This is the main line that really caught my attention, Andrew, and I don't want to spend too much time on this article, but this speaks for itself. The chief digital data and innovation officer at HSBC said this latest move in partnership with Medico was fueled by an increasing demand for custody and fund administration for digital assets and asset managers all around the world. This is what we're seeing right now. Mass adoption on a level that we've never seen before and the marketing campaign, it's really just beginning. Tokenized securities are often based on blockchain technology and can be used to create digital versions of real world assets such as stocks, ETFs, and bonds. What gold is, what HSBC is doing here is they're starting off with gold and there's even rumors of adding real estate to the platform. Um, One more thing before I kick it over to Mario and Andrew here. Hey, Abs, I think you muted. Oops, sorry about that, guys. I did mute myself. This rookie new protocols, but this is the important information I was providing. HSBC taps Medico for infra backing. HSBC is now collaborating with Medico, and it offers Harmonize, an institutional platform that enables secure and unified operations of digital assets. Medico is excited to be working with HSBC as it continues to explore the application of distributed ledger technology in asset creation and custody. 
And this is what's so exciting, guys. Ripple is operating on the back end, but what technology do you think they're going to be leveraging with what we know about who owns Medico? So, Andrew, I'd love to start with you before we kick it to Mario. This is massive because it shows utility entering the market. It shows tokenized assets are coming to the blockchain. And it also shows that companies as big as HSBC, $9 trillion in assets under management, are excited about leveraging this technology. So what do you take away from this news? And we'll kick it to the node defender. Man, this is this is huge. And if I was HSBC, you know, I would be excited and pretty worried at the same time. Because what is happening? You know, uh, pe uh, people are asking to 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 custody their uh, their crypto assets or their digital assets, and then of course only custody is not enough. You need utility, so they are working also on utility. But see what's happening in in the rest of the world. See what's happening outside the banking system. See what's happening with with SEC is stopping innovation all the time. You know, and development. And innovation, you cannot stop it. It will continue. So I think the major banks in the US, but also in the in the rest of the Western world, need to speed up. They need to go into the train, in the in the high-speed train, and catch up with what is happening in the rest of the world. Because else they will be left alone in the station and the, and the rest of the world will continue. And I'm sure government and those banks will fight and they will uh, try to 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 stay in their position but then in the end they will lose it so i think awareness is coming you know if you can't beat them join them and that's what we see at the moment so yeah uh, actually it's it's a nice game to see and finally we get a little bit of justice so that that banks feel oh my god i need to do something because else i will i will miss the boat and yeah it makes it may also makes me a little bit smile and Andrew, banks banks are definitely doing something. And I don't think they're just sitting in the sidelines with their arms crossed and waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. I believe that they're making moves in the background. And I believe those moves definitely involve, um, you know, introducing better services. And what other technology out there can facilitate that? It, it's blockchain. And whether it's XRP or the XRPL or another or another technology, I really think that it is going to be a blockchain. The only thing that I ever mention is whether that blockchain is going to be public, whether it's going to be private, whether us as retail investors are going to have access to being able to take advantage of it because it's a public and we can buy the coin. Uh, Mark also mentioned yesterday, if it's a utility that involves XRPL and utilizes the XRP token, that's amazing for XRP investors. If it's uh, a utility that doesn't even involve the token, then us as retail investors are unfortunately are not going to be able to benefit from it. But Ripple continues to put out these products that utilize the XRP uh, for 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 the transaction or whatever the the utility is, which which is great. And uh, yeah, to hone in, I think the banks are definitely moving in that direction. I love that take, Mario. We got 433 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, the title of today's episode, or at least we put it on the thumbnail, was how Uber is going to be leveraging blockchain and crypto technology. And we are going to go down the rabbit hole right now, guys. So starting off with this video from Flip the Chain on Twitter, everybody should go follow this account. This is a good friend of ours. Go check out this man's information. He puts out super relevant content on Twitter. But this is discussing how blockchain companies are going to start leveraging this technology, whether it's Uber, Lyft, or other service providers. This is where they can make their money. Here we go. 
in different areas. And the same thing is happening with uh, with blockchain technology and crypto technologies. It's basically, it's faster, it's more secure, it's more efficient. You cut out the intermediaries. You can see how, for example, Lyft and Uber, uh, again, they use technology to make an existing business process much more efficient. And the same thing is happening here. Uh, and with that being said, guys, we're going to pull up another interview with Uber CEO discussing how they could be implementing not only blockchain, but crypto into the worldwide app. Here we go. Convinced you? Is there any chance of Uber accepting Bitcoin in the future? Are you having conversations about this internally? Like, could it happen someday? Uh, it definitely could. We're having conversations all the time. I think right now, what we see with Bitcoin and some of the other cryptos that they are quite valuable as a store of value. The exchange mechanism is expensive. It's not great for the environment. As the exchange mechanism. Uh, becomes less expensive, becomes more environmentally friendly, I think you will see us lean into crypto a, a little bit more. So we're absolutely watching it. And if you say, is Uber going to accept crypto in the future? Absolutely. At some point. This isn't the right point, but we will. This isn't the right point, but we will. And what does that tell me? Institutions are lined up behind the scenes, waiting for regulation to start leveraging this tech. Mario, floor is yours and we'll move on. Yeah, absolutely. The moment that a Bitcoin ETF comes out, that's the ultimate, in my opinion, that's the ultimate confirmation that Bitcoin is a store of value. And so what can we expect from companies? I, I believe we can expect companies to introduce Bitcoin as a form of payment. Uh, Tesla did it in the previous bull run. I don't see why they wouldn't reintroduce it again. So what he said, uh, even though it might have been a couple years ago, I agree with him. I think that crypto is not at the right point because the regulation and the framework is not at the right point. The regulation and the framework, especially in the United States, because the United States has the influence that it does, I believe that's going to be the the uh, the the moment that all these different companies, all these different institutions are going to then uh, start offering crypto-related services, whether it's the custody that we just discussed about and banks start offering uh, custody of crypto on a mass scale or or even you know services like uber you can now utilize your bitcoin to pay for your uber ride or or to pay for your uber eats i really think that this is the future going forward uh, i really think that people having the choice to pay and how they pay and and the speed that they pay and the speed that they transfer those are all things that are definitely going to be a part of our of our uh, you know our future as, as a society mario do you understand what this means if you start paying your uber and your uber eats with crypto the banks are totally eliminated totally and and if you go maybe other companies will will, will also join when then the, and you can buy your groceries and you can buy all other kinds of stuff the whole earnings model is is yeah it will disappear because the the the, the yeah the the private sector will take over or the, the the public the public sector will take over banks are not needed at least for those consumer payments anymore you know and that's 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 the same what we saw you know you know i I'm come from the from the telecommunications area so when we started text messaging you know we made a lot of money 25 cents per message and it went on and on and for months and months and an enormous revenue driver and then what whatsapp came Within four weeks, millions of revenue, zero, zero. And then I know those engineers got, got the assignment. Look, where are all those call detail records with, with the 
with the, with, with the information that it has been used. It was not there. And that will happen also with payments. For every payment, there is a fee. And all those fees together from all those millions of pe billions of people, that will make a revenue for a bank. It will disappear. And maybe it will disappear when it really hit, uh, it takes off. It can disappear in a couple of weeks in future. And that's, that's what me, makes me very excited. I think we're on the precipice of something like that, Andrew. And when you see the lobbyists moving, right? We always talk about regulation. I wanted to focus on the lobbyists, the people who are paying the politicians to pass bills and work at these agencies. That's who really matters. And look at who's changed their sentiment recently. Citibank, JP Morgan, BlackRock. We even have people like Mike Novogratz going on campaigns, whether it's on Fox News or CNBC, promoting this technology and talking about the inevitability for regulation and crypto products in the USA. That's what we're about to dive into right now, guys. And we got 461 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This was a tweet put out by Crypto Insight UK yesterday. Ripple's new Ripple Payments product. Are you unsure about it leveraging XRP? Here is the answer to your question. Ripple is doubling down on crypto technology and funds settle in real time, a product that provides all the benefits of a blockchain solution with none of the issues. This is available in the USA today. And in 2024, this product will expand into the EU, UK, Singapore, and the UAE. And this is according to the head of payment products at Ripple, Brendan Berry. And guys, I'm going to switch over to the, to the better audio for this video, but I want you to be very patient because it starts off slow. Wait until he starts dropping gems in this video. Here we go. Thank you for being Here we go. The best part of this is there's no tech heavy lifting. They're able to onboard to us and immediately start initiating payments using an intuitive user interface. And I'll draw a little bit of a contrast here with a lot of the licensed larger institutions that we serve today. And if you are an existing customer of Ripple Payments, you manage crypto in your workflow today, and you have the expertise and sophistication to do so, and this works well. But it's challenging for smaller corporates who don't have that expertise or resources to build that in-house. And now, with our latest product capabilities, Ripple Payments can be managed end-to-end -end by Ripple. So a customer can initiate that payment with simplicity. And that notion of simplicity, we are able to abstract all of the complexity associated with interacting or managing digital assets or interacting with a blockchain-based solution so that corporate customers can transact with ease, focusing on not being a crypto expert themselves, but solving their core problem. I'll draw another contrast. Larger financial institutions today have developed over many years fantastic expertise and sophistication around transaction monitoring, around ensuring that they are maintaining, uh, maintaining compliance in, with local standards and regulations in every jurisdiction of operation. But similarly, smaller corporates who don't have the resources and means needs a partner who can help support them along in that journey so that they can focus on what they do best, which is quite frankly, operating and growing their business. And so 
You heard it right there, guys. Not only are they attacking the large corporations, they said you are able to onboard the smaller funds as well. And that's where Ripple can really take over. We go after the big clients, the centralized entities, but then we go after the smaller intermediaries, enhancing their product and expanding many of the use cases throughout the world. Andrew, I want to get your thoughts and we'll kick it to Mario. What, what, what I noticed was the terms he used. Intuitive interface, simplicity, easy to use, interact with ease. I mean, that's what we are going for. I, I mean, in, in, the, in the early days with the internet, uh, it, was, it was difficult to get on the internet with your, with your, with your, with your voice phone. And, uh, and now it is, it, it, you have 24-7 internet availability. So that's also what you need to do. I want to see a multiple coin wallet with an interface that I can just say, okay, I want to pay for my groceries or I want to pay for this. And I want today I want to pay with Bitcoin and tomorrow I want to pay with XRP and the day after I pay with Ethereum. And oh, by the way, I want to take a loan. And, you know, it's a, it's a sort of a, a, yeah, multi-app or maybe see several apps. Maybe Elon Musk will come with, uh, with, with, with such an app that will be an, an interface, an easy to use interface where he can integrate. I see uh, Ripple is making such an, uh, such an app and, and interfaces. So there is really something happening. And the more, uh, the lower you make the threshold, the earlier the adoption will start. Mario, floor is yours. I think you make some great points, Andrew. And I just want to double down. This technology is already available in the USA. And what this announcement was is they're expanding into the EU, UK, Singapore, and UAE. Those are some of the largest financial corridors on the planet. And Singapore is one of the most forward thinking. So it's great to see. What do you take away from this news, Mario? Yeah, I think most importantly, the fact that they're saying they're starting in the USA, because at some points there was rumors over the last couple of years that they could potentially be relocating their headquarters. So I think the fact that they're starting in the USA is I think that's a very big hint because now we have now we have law that XRP in and of itself is not a security. We have this lawsuit coming to a conclusion, settlement potentially. And they're coming out and saying, we're rolling out this, this product and it starts in the USA and it's going to be available here, 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 which, you know, massive nations in the near future. I think those are very big hints. And we know that in, in the United States, Bank of America has already made uh, statements as far as Ripple and XRP in the past. They made statements that they were waiting for something to happen with a lawsuit before, um, you know, facilitating any kind of partnership. They have the most amount of blockchain patents. You know, I, I really hope, and, and again, this is just the speculative side of me just looking at these hints, but I really hope we start to see some some strong partnerships happening inside of the United States again. You know, like the, the MoneyGram kind of stuff that unfortunately went away. Those kind of things are going to get, uh, not only it's go it's going to add utility, but, but it's going to get people excited. It's going to bring um, excitement back into the XRP ecosystem. And obviously, uh, the more utility we have, the more capital we have coming into the ecosystem the more the price is going to go up, which I think is what ultimately everybody wants. Guys, we got over 500 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is what Brad Garlinghouse had to say about the hostility towards crypto in the USA at DC FinTech Week just yesterday. And states when the US is making it hostile for me to operate here. And even with the SEC case, I mean, we have US banks as customers. And, you know, I've talked to them post the SEC case. And I'd say, you know, okay, so great, now we can, we have a product called on-demand liquidity, which uses XRP. And so I'll go to those banks and say, you know, should we engage on that topic? And they're like, look, even though you won the case, the United States government is still hostile towards crypto. 
the OCC is hostile towards crypto. And until that changes, the banks of the United States are not going to engage meaningfully. So I don't think the window has passed for the U.S. to. Wow, that is very, very frustrating to hear. You heard it and I'll repeat it again. He said, until we get regulation and until we have the regulatory agencies being friendly towards crypto, banks aren't going to use this technology and they're not going to be willing to adopt it. We're on the precipice of that happening. In 2024, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we will have some sort of a bill passed, whether it's for stable coins, cryptocurrencies overall, and it may not even be friendly, but I think we're going to get something passed in the next 12 months. What do you take away from this video, Mario, specifically how he said this is affecting his relationship with American banks? Yeah, that's exactly what I was what I was saying before. And, and I think you're spot on, Abs. I said it before on the show, too. I believe in 2024, we will get regulation, uh, whether it's full regulation that, it, that we're all waiting for and hoping for, but or, or it's just some form of stable coin or at least a base framework. But I really think we will get regulation just because of how much is starting to uh, how much pressure is starting to build up on 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 the U.S. and 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 with the exchanges as well? So I think we will. Now the only thing that could potentially delay this regulation is the fact that we're having an election. That election is going election is going to be big. There's going to be a change in government. So maybe that could be a reason as to why we may not have that regulation. But I I still feel like the chances of us getting the regulation. For me personally, I feel like the the chances of us getting the regulation are higher than not getting the regulation. And it reminds me of this quote as well, Andrew. It said, when regulation comes, it comes, the adoption, I believe, will go way up because people will start obtaining crypto assets at an easier and cheaper rate. Here's the latest clip, and I'm kicking it to you, Andrew. Since the regulations, it will be strict. However, uh, when the regulation comes, the adoption, I believe, it will just go way up, way up. People will start obtaining cryptos because it's cheaper it's uh quicker you know even uh if you're sending btc it will take like uh, i don't know like 15 minutes to reach uh, the confirmation with xrp it will take a second to reach and there are like so many you know um like features for example like binance there you know uh even uh, introduce like binance user you don't need to pay the blockchain commission you don't need to uh you're just sending the crypto from one address to another address from one user to another user uh, so, yeah. Uh, and Andrew, you just explained why a lot of banks are adverse to this technology. That's what banks make $7 trillion a year in profit off of is transferring your money from one place to another. Crypto allows you to do it at basically no cost and instantaneously. What's your takeaway from this video? And we'll go back to the Brad Garlinghouse clips. Yeah, you know, he says from as soon as regulation will be there in the US, uh, yeah, crypto will take off and crypto projects take off. You know, we now have already regulation in Europe uh, for several months. Do we see an enormous amount of uh, crypto uh, innovation? Yeah, it's work. It, it, they work on it. However, if I see, I just was reading an article that even Netherlands, where I live, they are even making more regulation despite of the regulation we already have in Europe so that for example Binance was kicked out out the Netherlands uh, other crypto companies they will make it just difficult for uh, with, with additional regulation so I would say just regulation is maybe not the, the right term it should be a little bit friendly regulation which supports innovation but you know the 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 the, the, yeah, the major banks, we also have major banks in the Netherlands, they don't like it at all. Two, two years ago, the, the employees were not even allowed in the bank to speak about crypto. It's insane. 
And I think we are still a little bit there. So don't talk about it because then it's not there. But uh, yeah, I think it needs time. But then if you if we maybe look back in two years that we see how fast it went. Yeah, we are uh, in. Uh, yeah, we are. It, it will it will go on. Absolutely. I agree with you, Andrew. And check out this latest update this morning as SEC Chairman Gary Gensler says FTX crypto exchange could be rebooted under new leadership. The first question I had was, why is Gary Gensler incentivized to restructure and relaunch the FTX exchange? Mario, we got a lot of great content to get into in regards to Ripple adoption. Let's get the BS out of the way. What do you think is going on with Gary Gensler here? I don't even know why he's taking the time to comment on that. I mean, was he asked the question related to the FTX or did he just, and I know you probably don't, don't, don't know much more information, but did he just decide to make that comment? I mean, he's been asked way more important questions, which he refused to answer. And at this point, I think there's no credibility to the brand. So the fact that they're even talking about relaunching, I think it's absurd um, unless they go for a complete rebrand. But even the, even still, what about all the people that were that were hurt? I, I think just for that reason alone, they just need to move on, try their best to take care of those people and put that to rest. Andrew Cashflow, give me some brief thoughts and we'll continue. I think it's all about the money. And we know all that SBF sent a lot of money into governmental parties, you know, especially the, 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 the Democrats. And I think those people did not forget about, uh, uh, about uh, FTX. They, in the meantime, they sacrificed uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried himself because I'm just reading here an article about uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. He was uh, <laughs> sentenced for 110 years in prison. And so, you know, there is there. I think Sam Bankman-Fried was just a puppet behind the screens or in front of the screens, but there is a lot of power behind the screens in FTX and they have power over their governmental uh, stuff and, and networks. We don't have even an idea about what's happening. But uh, to me, follow the money and we will uh, we will get it clear. It's like Mark Yusko talked about yesterday. You need $100 million to run for senator in the United States. And if you're going to get $100 million in donations, you're going to expect something in return. I think we're seeing the same thing play out with FTX, where Sam, he donated $40 million to Democratic political campaigns. Now they're doing him the favor that they promised. They're protecting him and at least... They're looking at relaunching the brand. And guys, this is the latest statement out of Brad Garlinghouse yesterday discussing speculation versus utility in the crypto market. The United States, not just economic, has been massive because we created the right environment for entrepreneurs and capital to flow into a next generational technology framework. Blockchain is a next generational technology framework. It is going to touch many, many industries. I would agree with people who say, well, right now there's too much speculation. I agree. We need more clear, constructive uses of these technologies to solve industry problems. But you're seeing more and more companies doing that, and you're seeing more and more traction. The United States should get behind that. We want these technologies to emanate here. We want to be to have that. And for whatever reasons, you know, I, I think the SEC is part of the problem there. You know, we have uh, been hostile. Mm. What you hear and you talk about how this is becoming somewhat of a partisan issue. I've spoken with a lot of Democratic lawmakers, crypto skeptics about this, and they cite fraud often, but a lot of people are defrauded through crypto scams. Also things, questioning whether or not blockchain ultimately really does anything new that can't be done already, that it's just trying to recreate something 
for no good reason and potentially bad things come with it. How much more work needs to be done to push back against that kind of narrative? Well, I I mean... Hey, Abs, I think you're on mute again, brother. Andrew, we're going to talk about the utility that Ripple provides, and I got a couple timestamps written down. We're going to go through two more segments in this interview, but give me your thoughts about the SEC being hostile and speculation versus utility. You know, what, what, I, what I was laughing about, uh, that, that the narrative is, what for what reason do we blockchain for stuff we cannot do yet in, in centralized environments? Exactly. That is the reason why we need blockchain, to eliminate those centralized environments, because this friend of ours, Mr. Sam Bankman, this was a centralized environment. It has nothing to do with crypto. Yeah, of course, he was in crypto. But because when people get money on their hands in a centralized environment, nobody can be trusted anymore. And this is what we can take out with uh, with with decentralized blockchains. I say decentralized because also you have centralized blockchains and then it makes no sense anymore. So that's where we need to go. And exactly for that reason. And now I forgot your question, uh, Epps. You answered it perfectly, Andrew. We're going to dive into this interview and we're going to kick it straight to Mario. This is Brad Garlinghouse discussing the utility entering the market and how Ripple is addressing many of these issues. Uh, but guilty on all seven counts. Correct. So yeah. I, I don't think that's the core of the problem. I, I think, but to the other part of your problem, like people who say there's not enough real utility. I, I mean, look, I kind of agree with that. There's a lot of excitement and there should be. But that also was true in the earliest days of the internet. There are a lot, there's a, a, a birth, just an explosion of entrepreneurial activity mm. that did result in the dot-com bust, but then you still have emerged from that Google and Amazon and Fate Meta, you know, like yeah. uh, there's no doubt in my mind these technologies, because they actually can be used to rewire how transactions happen, there's immense friction in how cross-border payments happen, where Ripple's yeah. focused, but there's immense friction in real estate, in bond settlement. There's a ways to use these, use these technologies. And by the way, I use those examples. Those aren't things Ripple's doing, but just mm. it's more advocating for the industry at large. Well, let's talk about Ripple, though, and the utility there. What's institutional adoption looking like? Outside the United States, it's been great. I mean, look, we- I'm we, sensing a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was, it was a dark time. It, when Ripple got sued- Well, it looks like my video froze. We're having tech issues here, guys. So while I get this reset, Mario, I'd love to get your reaction to that clip. Yeah, I think, look, I, I agree with, with Brad 100%. And I think that there's a few takeaway points there, which is there's bad actors in the space. Every space always has bad actors. It doesn't mean that the space is, is bad. It just means that there's people that come in and take advantage and, and that are bad. And does that mean that the NFT space, because there's been a few bad actors that came in and created something completely intangible. Does that mean that NFTs don't have a future? No, in my opinion. Does that mean that payments can't be improved with blockchain? No. It just means that we're going through we're going through a growth phase. The space is so new. I mean, they they don't even have a framework in the United States. So I think that I think that he was spot on. I mean, Brad Garlinghouse highlighted a lot of the stuff that that I also feel, and I think that. Obviously, regulation is a step in that direction. Um, but Andrew mentioned before, as far as decentralization, unfortunately, I do think that the future of blockchain is more centralized from a perspective of trust. And, and I think that everyday people are always going to incline more towards a centralized uh, 
uh, utility as opposed to a decentralized utility. That's just my opinion. And what I mean is like, I think that just regular folk that that's going to be getting into, into crypto or even utilizing crypto is going to get in from a centralized point uh, perspective as opposed to a decentralized. You can make the case for that, Mario. And I want to get the remainder of this clip in here, guys. This is Brad Garlinghouse talking about Ripple's utility and how solutions have been prevented by the SEC, but soon things will change. When Ripple got sued, just December 22nd, 2020, Q1 of 2021, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen. Mm. Uh, outside of the United States, regulators are like, we don't understand what the SEC is doing. And we continued, I mean, 2021 and 2022 were some of our best years ever. Grow, and we, the primary measure we use to measure growth, tens of millions to hundreds of millions to billions of dollars of transactions at a time when we're in the middle of this massive lawsuit with the SEC. So, uh, other countries, again, have engaged constructively. They see how these technologies can be used to improve payment flows. They see how cross-border settlement works today. It's slow. It's expensive. I mean, actually, the, the uh, head of the Italian central bank, I'm forgetting his name right now, he just wrote an opinion piece. Johnny Crypto? And that was Johnny Crypto he was referring to there, guys. We got 482 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew, we got a bunch of great topics, but you give me your thoughts on Brad Garlinghouse clip and we'll move on. Hold on that. Um, and what, what I like the most is what he's saying. You know, he was sued on uh, December 22nd, 2020. I, I still remember the day. And then he said, actually, 2021 and 2022 were our best years ever, although he was not able to continue in the U.S. So what is he? What was Ripple doing? Building their their business outside the U.S. So they get more and more and more experienced with 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 all the all the features. More more adoption is is happening there. So as soon as as the market opens, which is at this moment actually the case in the in the U.S., yeah, we will see a massive adoption of uh, of, uh, of of XRP and Ripple because yeah, it's it, it's just there. The, the opening is there. So uh, yeah, bright, bright future and very smart from Ripple to focus on the rest of the world of the world instead of uh, of uh, of U.S. only. Andrew, and this is another example of Brad Garlinghouse has been very outspoken about the SEC's regulation towards crypto. This is a United States representative, Tom Emmer, now trying to hold Gary Gensler accountable. Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Regulation by enforcement is a practice all too common with this administration. This is particularly the case at the SEC and Chair Gary Gensler's approach towards our capital markets and financial services industry, but especially with our emerging digital assets community. My amendment seeks to put an end to Chair Gensler's pattern of regulatory abuse, a pattern that is crushing American innovation and capital formation without undermining our ability to go after criminals and fraudsters. Specifically, my amendment prohibits the SEC from using funds for enforcement activities related to digital asset transactions until Congress passes legislation that gives the SEC jurisdiction over this asset class. This will keep Abs again, brother. <laughs> yeah, technology is helping us. I'm so sorry, guys. These what are, are mistakes. But Mario, give me your take and I'll give mine. Yeah, like uh, what else is new, right? I mean, 
nothing makes sense. Nothing that's been coming out of the SEC since uh, since Gary Gensler has been there makes sense. He refuses to answer questions. He's not giving framework. He's not really uh, providing clarity. He's being asked about it. Bitcoin and I mean Ethereum specifically, and he still refuses to answer. But again, it all comes down to those people right there. There needs to be a bill that gets passed so that then the SEC knows exactly how they need to proceed. Of course, they're operating and they're enforcing a really old law. And we as regular people see how wrong that is. But unless they have something new to work with, I believe they're just going to continue enforcing what they have. So until Congress passes something that's concise and to the point and, uh, and, and everybody knows what to do, whether the CFTC is the one that needs to take over on things that are not securities, which that's how it is now anyway, uh, or the SEC um, knows how to work with it. Or maybe there's a whole new agency that needs to come out of this to regulate crypto and, and digital assets. Right. Uh, I believe that that's I believe that that's the biggest underlying issue. It's not necessarily the SEC, but the fact that there's nothing telling the SEC what not to do. Well, here's what I took away from this video, guys. I think it's a lot of WWE here, and I wish Johnny was here to hold up his sticky note. What we're seeing Tom Emmer do is we're seeing him almost hold Gary almost hold Gary accountable, but he's giving him a get-out-of-jail-free pass here because he's claiming it's negligence. I think what Gary's doing is very intentional. He came into the SEC. He adopted the Ripple lawsuit. He fought it all the way through. He stated he was going to appeal. He went on to attack Coinbase, Grayscale, several other crypto companies in the process, and so it's very clear to me that officials like this have an agenda as well. And so Tom Emmer's agenda here is to pretend to hold Gary accountable. Why not subpoenaing him? And I love what this alchemist listener has to say. This guy is very critical. I like this comment right here. He said, I'll talk. Where's the subpoena for Gary? And if he was serious about his criticisms, I think there would be some sort of an enforcement action here, Andrew. But I'd like to hear some of your thoughts and then we'll continue. He said, put Gary to an end. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, you know, it, 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 it is a weird. Jay Clayton leaves on the 23rd of, uh, of, of December 2020. Gary Gensler comes in on the, on, the, on the more or less on the 22nd of, uh, of December 2020. He really had an agenda to do this. And I'm really from a human being point of view. I always try to understand other people. What a very terrible job Gary Gensler had to do there. I mean, there, there was a, there, for sure there is a double agenda. He had his guidelines delay crypto adoption as much as possible. That's, to my opinion, his, his agenda. And he was pretty successful with that. But how long can you cope with so much negativity in the world? Uh, either he must be very uh, in, 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 insensible or doesn't feel anything, or there is a lot of money involved. And, and I think something of, of of both both worlds but uh it, it's not a nice job that he has to do because he, he cannot even look to himself at the, at the end of the day in the mirror of what what he's doing you know blocking innovation in a, in a country but you know there are other forces and same like uh like sam bankman fried also gary gensler is a marionette in the in the game in the full game of of, of the all the major players politicians major institutions so you know we, we this is how the world is ruled and and we get to believe a specific narrative and something else is happening somewhere else and 
you know, and we will try to, in this show, we try to uncover that a little bit. And Mario, one thing is very clear. Competition fuels innovation. And what Gary Gensler is doing right now is he's hindering innovation inside the United States. Brad Garlinghouse even referenced this twice during his speech yesterday, where he said, if we're not allowed to have competition here, it will happen in other places. And we're seeing it in the UAE. The UAE has received more funding in the last 12 months than the last five years before COVID combined. That just goes to show how many people are excited about that new capital market. That used to be America. That used to be San Francisco. So what do you take away? Yep. That's the big problem with all of this is the innovation leaving the United States. Um, like I strongly feel like things are just like you said before, it's WWE where, you know, they're playing us They're They're just keeping the show going. I really believe that things are moving in the direction that they want it to move. Um, I believe that in the end, we will see that America didn't actually fall behind. They were just doing things differently or keeping the show going, keeping us distracted um, one way or another. I think that America, to the power that it became, I don't know. Like I know we talk about all these things with the de-dollarization and we, we have the bricks and we have all these things that are happening that are showing us that America is losing its power and not to mention the people that are in charge. But I don't know. Like I have a hard time believing that America is just willingly giving all this up, willingly uh, ignoring this new technology, pushing innovation away. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's a different agenda there or it's all part of the plan. Like no more about this than I do, but like there was no chance they were going to win that. And they're pushing it the way they did. It just feels like the SEC should be part of the solution. Other countries, it's no problem. And you joke, I mean, I think you were joking to my meeting with the SEC today. <laughs> in another country, that wouldn't, I mean, I've met with central banks. I've met with, uh, I mean, you, you name the regulator and it's kind of like, yeah, no problem. A, a open meeting, open dialogue. We talk about what Ripple's doing. We talk about our view on the crypto industry. No problem. Here in the US, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, the laws are clear. Mm-hmm. But yet we can't answer is ETH a security. Yeah, that's something that the chairman has still not. Brad Garlinghouse dropping truth bombs yesterday morning. Mario, give me your thoughts. We'll kick it to Andrew. Yeah, that's that's exactly how a lot of us feel. You know, we especially if you're in the crypto market, you're an advocate for the technology. You do so much research that you 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 just don't see a future where crypto is is no longer a part of it because the clues are all there. And then when you are in in a country you live in america you wish good for america you want this innovation to stay in and you have the regulators that are playing such a bad part and they're not answering specific questions it's frustrating and i definitely feel brad garlinghouse and to what extent i think brad 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 knows uh obviously he knows that there's some agenda here and um yeah i just i just hope that 2024 really becomes that year where we get the acknowledgement that crypto's here to stay this is the regulation. Now let's move forward. And we do know that Ripple Payments is now available in the USA as well, Andrew. So access is the number one thing for adoption. And we only got five minutes left in the show. So I want to squeeze this topic in here as well. Here's why GTA 6 probably won't have crypto component. And Andrew, to summarize this ask, this article in one sentence, Gary Gensler and unfriendly crypto regulation. They would love to include crypto products if you listen to their advisors, but they can't with, with no regulation, They don't want to be attacked by the SEC and they don't want to offer an unregistered security. So that's another example of the SEC hindering innovation. Although it's a small, you know, GTA 6, it's not a huge deal. 
But look at what it's really doing. It's hindering the technology. And eventually, this will end up in other corridors. What do you take away from this, Andrew? Yeah, it's, uh, it's blocking innovation. It's, it's, it's pre pretty clear. Uh, however, I always have an however. Um, also, companies like this, also banks, also all, all institutions, all, all, all companies that are hindered in that innovation, they all secretly have a small team already working on the solution. You know, I, I'm coming from uh, from engineering, from from development, and uh, you know, you can just put three, four, five people at work and work some applications and make make some plans, make a little bit of a strategy how you will do it, do some tests, do some uh, some pilots together. So, you know, don't be too worried. However, scaling up big, yeah, is not possible at this moment. But I think as soon as there is more green lights, then it will take off immediately like a rocket. And then all those companies are ready to go there and uh, look what it will do to all the... I think if you if you are looking for a new job next year, um, educate yourself in uh, blockchain technology. Educate yourself in in, uh, in programming languages for for crypto and, and blockchain for applications. The demand will, especially in US, will go skyrocket. That that. So if you want to make a lot of money, be prepared. Mario, we're going to close out the show by addressing the live chat poll we had today. So while I get those numbers in check, you give me some thoughts on XRP. We talked a little bit about how the market cap for XRP should reach 17% dominance if it follows other cycles. Today, we're sitting at 2.5%. So that just speaks to how big the opportunity is. How do you feel about this project heading into 2024? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the only cryptos that has that clarity coming out of this uh, lawsuit. So I think that now that the gorilla is not on its back, now we, we technically don't even have a monkey on, on, on its back anymore. So I think that along with Bitcoin and along with many other crypto projects, again, I'm not just Bitcoin and, and, and XRP, but I think it has it has tons of potential to finally do what it was supposed to do with last bull run. Last bull run, it fell short. It didn't really accompany the rest of the crypto market. It didn't really give people the, res the, the return that they were hoping. But I think 2024, as long as there's no more black swan stuff, uh, I believe that it's primed for something amazing. And our users seem to agree with you, Mario, as the question we asked our live chat today was, does XRP break all-time high next year, aka in 2024? 85% of our users, 533 votes, 85% of them said, yes, XRP will be above $3.84 in the year 2024. Guys, I am here for the optimism. We got 469 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew, just to close us out, we got about 30 seconds. What's your reaction to this news? 85% of our listeners agree we are passing all-time high next year. No, my, my reaction to that. Guys, if you make money with, with your job, save your money and start buying XRP like hell. You know, I already have my bags filled. So if all those people that here in the chat say it will go up, we need more liquidity in the market. So I say, go ahead with the liquidity, motivate your friends, your family, get, get that adoption of the XRP higher, the market capitalization higher, and we will see a higher XRP in 2024. That's it. Absolutely, guys. And we got 472 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Andrew and thank you to Mario for joining us today. Always an exciting episode with these two. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah!
Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.